You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to talk to you about something that has been extremely triggering these last few days. I want to talk to you about the topic, business as usual. Something about that phrase just truly and truly, it almost ushers in stagnation. It almost screams out, this is the way we've always done a thing. This is the way that is usually done. And from what I have observed as I'm getting older and wiser and E, all the above, is that change does not happen in atmospheres of sameness. So it has occurred to me that people expect change, but they operate in sameness. That people expect certain things to occur, but didn't put any effort or action forth to produce said expectation. And it's mind boggling to me to say the least. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the triggering things that has been happening, because I'm trying to see again, how I can be candid, authentic, but yet keep the names of the grandbabies uh, innocent as possible. And here's the thing. I made a comment And now I'm starting to see the power in that. I made a comment to my husband and I said, referring to the job market and all things thereof. I said, you know, for a long time, I kept saying, uh, I can't do corporate, right? Because corporate as I know it or has how it's been introduced to me looks very much like we're phony, but we smile. We backstab, but we also have lunch with you. Uh, we gossip and we keep the mill of all things negative going and then just very indirect, very crab-in-the-barrel type of mentalities, very anything you can do, I can do better. You know, choose your poison. It's just it's a multiple-choice fulfilling of things that I have witnessed as far as corporate is concerned. And for a while, making that statement that, I can't do corporate, almost made me feel like something was wrong with me. So I tried the entrepreneur lane. I tried to avoid what it was that I felt like I can't do it. But now what I'm starting to identify is corporate will not be continued uh, the way that it has been presented to me. Corporate is not going to be able to do me, okay? Pause. Uh, Corporate is going to have to do something different in corporate. And so I'm going to give you an example of something that happened. When masks were heavy (laughs) and you had to wear them and you couldn't enter the buildings without them in the next 2021, you know, all of that was occurring at the place of business, right? One particular staff member her husband would come up and bring her lunch yay confetti however you want to do it but he had a very hostile approach to how he was going to do it rule breaker of all rule breakers he wasn't wearing his mask he was walking in it it just was like I'm sorry I'm sorry like I don't know what's going on so the one time that I experienced it I said hey I need you to wear a mask and so it kind of was some pushback, almost like, you don't know who I am? I don't care. I, I know I see your whole face, and I need you to just see your eyes and up. Um, you need to wear a mask. And so I think what happened is he put on the mask, but as he walked behind me when he was out of my line of sight, I guess he took off the mask. Not too sure when that became okay. 
So the person in the highest level of authority at my place of business came to me and was like, listen to me, no one walks in this building without having on a mask. So me being the grandbaby that follows all the rules, okay, was really puzzled by that. And I was like, no, yeah, I understand that. She was like, yeah, because I need you to understand that no one gets to roam this building without having a mask on. Okay, that you said that twice and still baffled because I shook my head in agreement that I understood. And so I had to ask because where I um, am from, my mother said, I'm going to tell you this but one time. So if somebody's repeating something twice, it catches my attention really quickly. Like, why did you just say that twice? You just cut and paste that verbally. You didn't realize you just did that. So it caused me to then like conjure up another question. I said, did something happen? Because I don't let people walk in here without a mask. And she was like, yeah, well, such and such husband is back there. He has no mask. I said, oh, then he must have took that off when I, when he got past me because he did not walk past this desk without having a mask on. And so that rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, mm, is that what we doing? Like grown people? Like, I got, so you want me to be like mall cop? Like, excuse me, sir. Like, I'm not doing any of that. I told you what to do as a grown individual. You didn't do it. We're going to do something different next time. So I already had in my head when this man, you hear me getting hyped because I'm getting upset. When this man comes back to this facility, he's going to have to wait in the uh, front office, front desk, front waiting area, however you want to do it. But he's not going to be allowed to walk past there because anything that looks like it was negligent on my part because you tried to be sneaky or anything closely related to it, I think I'm good. I'm good on you and your whole crew and the whole lunch bringing up situation is done. But I never got a chance to have that secondary experience because God be the glory, I got promoted. Cool. But here it goes again. Guess what God did? <laughs> he let me be a part of that situation yet again. And so I am doing a certain task and I happen to be able to see this man in my line of scrimmage. And I was like, oh my goodness, once again, this grandbaby does not have a mask on. And so I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and help out the front desk person so that it won't be a cut and paste of what I had. You know, you're not supposed to have, I didn't want them to experience that. So I said, okay, let me handle this because what I, I'm going to be honest with you. My first inclination was to be quiet. That's not my grandbaby. That's not a part of my job. That's somebody else's guy. Oh, ah, and I'm gay. Oh, oh. Yes, you, I don't, I had to sing the song, but that's somebody else's guy. You understand? I don't have to be a part of any of this, but what I've realized is God usually places you in certain environments or situations and has it where it kind of does something to you, kind of stirs you a little bit because you are the person for the problem. If God allowed you to see something and he also allowed you to feel something. I hate to say it to you, but it's now part of your responsibility. But you have to have a humble assessment of yourself enough to know that you're not being nosy, that you're not being a troublemaker, that you're not always. I was minding all of my business. I'm talking about every last piece of my business was being minded. You understand me? There is no way that I would have been doing this odd task that I usually don't do. It was just one of those seasonal things. I went to go ahead and, and did that. And I was able to see this man had no mask on. The first thing I wanted to do was be quiet. I went ahead and said, God, I don't want to say anything. 
But the advocate in me was like, yeah, but what if somebody else gets in trouble for something that they don't know how to handle because this guy does have this particular grandbaby. He does have an aggressiveness about him. And so I was like, oh, I, I got the aggressiveness. <laughs> he was like, right, so I need you to go handle that. And so I literally, real time, I'm, I'm not going to hold you. This is exactly the conversation I was having. I said, then how do you want me to handle it? Because I didn't want to do the cowardly, well, I'm going to tell my supervisor who's then going to tell her supervisor who's then. Because, again, is, is that how real change is made? To me, maybe it's because I'm from New York. Maybe it's just because I'm a direct person. To me, you want direct change. You go to the direct person. It don't got to be direct TV. <laughs> you understand? Like, at this point, if I have a problem with something that is going on pertaining to you, unless it is clearly something that is out of my job description where you did a thing, then I believe that that's when supervisors should go ahead and have a conversation with supervisors. But if supervisors don't have to get involved, leave them alone. If it could just be a quick, hey, real quick, A, B, and C, and then we correct, we auto-correct it on our end, I think that's, that's the adult thing to do. So what happened was, continuing with the saga of the massless grandbaby, I went to the front desk person. I said, hey, did you see such and such as husband without a mask? So she was a little fluttered. She was like, well, when I, when, I guess when he came, I was at lunch. And, uh, I didn't, you know, he talked to me, but I can't. So either she was too afraid to say, uh, I don't really, or, or she really was baffled. Like, you know what? No clue. I ain't really paid no attention. Who, know, who knows? But she wasn't able to give me a direct answer. So I said, okay, well, that was a problem last time with the person in a higher place of authority. So you may want to make sure that whenever he or anyone else comes in here that they're not roaming the building without a mask. Because I knew that my touch would be softer than the touch that I was given when I was in that position. You understand? And so I knew, and I guess God also knew, that he can trust me to relay the information in a way that you understood the serious, seriousness of it, but you didn't incur the sting of it. Because it's, it's one thing to be able to be like, oh, I got in trouble. It's another thing to be like, oh, this is going to cause trouble. I, I know the difference in that posture. So maybe now that I hear myself saying it out loud, maybe that's why God allowed me to have that conversation with her. So because she couldn't affirm it, and I knew that this particular person was a temp and that we had another person getting ready to start brand new within 30 days. I just wanted, my thinking was maybe if enough grandbabies told this man to wear his mask, then he would do it and nobody else would have to experience the ramifications of him not doing what he's supposed to do as a grown man. But I digress. So because that wasn't all the way resolved, I went back to the person's, the, the person that he brought the lunch to, his wife. And I said, hey, real quick, he wasn't wearing a mask. Y yes, he was when he was, he wasn't. No, no. Okay, but listen, here's what I'm trying to say to you. The last time that I was in the position being in the front desk, it was brought to my attention that I, I let him roam, and I knew that that wasn't the case then. So all I'm saying is, you know, if you could just make sure that he has a mask on when he's bringing food back here for you, I think that that would kind of save the front desk person and then everyone else at the same time. Well, I'm not expecting no special treatment. You know, if, he, if he's walking back here with no mask, then somebody else is not doing their job. Again, I'm just coming back here to let you know he didn't have a mask on and it would help the front desk person and everybody else. If, okay, well, again, just going to go. You know, because, and she did the whole, it was very defense, defensive. It was like, are you okay? Is everything out at home? Okay. Like, what do you, because, you know, flip the table. 
If somebody would have came to me and told me that the grandbaby that I married, and I would have been like, really? Okay, hold on real quick, because you know what? I was so hungry, I don't even think I saw Buddy's face. Let me text him real quick. And it would have looked a lot like in 120 characters, babe, wear your mask before these people be saying something to me I don't feel like hearing. <laughs> you understand? Or next time, if you forget your mask, because my husband does, if you forget your mask, um, call me. I'll come out to the car. It's like, and me and that grandbaby would have been cool. But to have this, like, <laughs> it was like, okay, first of all, breathe, because you are turning tomato red, Okay. You act like I came in here and threatened the lives of everybody. I'm just pretty much just relaying a message that should have just been a, oh, okay, cool, and it could have been done. I walk back to my seat. I finish the duties that were assigned to me. I do a fantabulous job because that's the kind of grandbaby that I am. As I'm maneuvering around the office, I see said person in the human resources office. <laughs> I can't. The next morning, what do you think happened? Mm-hmm. I was called to have a conversation. And praise God that it didn't go anywhere further than what it needed to go. But it was very much like, why is that okay? And what was brought to my attention was the average person would have started a whisper meal. You know, such and such as husband came without a match. And that would have been the indirect creptness of her finding out. And then, you know, it would have caused some type of distrust and corrosion and all things that come from that. But to me, that is corporate as usual, right? I didn't do that. Came to you, not only as a woman, but like, listen, uh, as a team, we can't let each other be in trouble because of something your husband is doing. You, you understand? It just makes sense to me. But again, I don't corporate in business as usual. I don't corporate as usual. And so when I was having my reflective time, uh, nope, let me go back. The person that I was speaking to was like, you know, she usually doesn't have people challenge her. And so you're one of the first people that challenged her. Because she's used to people gossiping and saying something, but she's used to being the person that stirs the pot to tell you what you should and should not be doing, that kind of thing. And again, I don't get um, car facts and, and job facts on people to know who does what. I just know that if something's put into my lap and it's a little bit hotter than usual, I want the hot potato out of my lap and I'm going to give it back to the person that did it. That's just how I roll. But it was amazing to me that in my reflection time, my quiet time rather, I said, a corporate's going to have to make room for me because it's a lot of things that I do, but everything that I do stems from authenticity. If you are going to ask me to be anywhere and not be my full authentic self, then you're asking me to pretend. If you are going to ask me to be anywhere, see a wrong and not be able to say something about it and praying through the Holy Spirit to give me the touch needed for that particular situation. You know, I really feel like because God is the lion and the lamb, you know, he's not lying when he was supposed to be soft and he's not soft when he was supposed to be lion of Judah. You see what I'm saying? So there is a touch for the way that you're supposed to deliver a thing. And I believe that. I believe that's why we miss a lot of opportunities to grow. I believe that's why we miss a lot of opportunities to bring someone into the faith or brings we just we miss it a lot because our touch was wrong. And so that was really boggling to me. And I said, okay, because I'm, I'm not the type that it's like, you know what, <laughs> make room, here I come. Like, I'm not a bull, I don't have a bulldozer kind of spirit about me. 
I did think about how would I handle that for next time. Okay, and then so if that didn't work, and I will keep tweaking until the touch is just enough, but I'm not going to dilute my delivery. I'm not going to dilute the thing that God has for me to do. If you're asking me to say nothing in corporate as usual, you're not going to get that from me. If you are asking me to go indirectly and start whispering to other people who probably didn't even see your husband and did you know and start doing that to kind of, you know, fit into the corporate regime, I'm not doing that. And so either we're going to be true, we're going to be authentic, and we're going to say and speak the way that we say and say that we speak because I had a conversation with this person before and she was like, "Listen, I want us to have the situation where if there's an issue, we have a rapport. You should be able to tell me because a situation occurred prior to that that I wasn't comfortable doing what she said. So I told my supervisor, like, hey, I need you to go speak to her, but I'm not doing it. And so her thing was, listen, we can talk. So which is why I took this approach. You see what I'm saying? I took the approach to be like, cool, let me talk about the grandbaby you married. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And so it threw me for a little bit of a loop, like, wait a So then why do you expect the change that you requested yet when the change was implemented you rejected it like why was that okay and it's in so many other places it's in relationships you you want a different kind of person you want to have this particular result in your relationship but you're not doing the things to implement that I don't do relationships of any sort as usual. We don't relate as usual. I'm not doing it. I had a candid talk with my husband one time and was like, let me go ahead and say something to you real quick. If we were married, when we become married, 80, 90 years, we would have had longevity and awesomeness. But that wouldn't be a fulfilling marriage to me. The marriage that I want sounds a lot like we reached heights and levels and depths with each, with each other that we couldn't have done with anyone else. That we grew as a couple, we grew as individuals, look at what we built together, and at the end of that, I want to be able to step back the way that God did and say, man, that was good. My heart's desires is I want to be able to say, I loved the life that I built with you. Not only that we had longevity only, because that was both of our goals. You wanted to break the generation of curses and da-da-da. Yeah, but outside of that goal, there is something attached to that that is truly my heart's desires. So I had to make it clear to him, I don't want to relate as usual. I don't family as usual. We're not going to keep the same toxic real going because I don't want to keep watching that. I'm not going to continue to be in close proximity to joy snatchers, to dream, dream bubble bursters. I'm just, I'm not. I am going to allow people the opportunity to change. And then when that is not effectively implemented, I'm going to allow people to be exactly who they are, but not in close proximity with me. Why should I have to operate in sameness when my heart desire is something different? So you want me to family as usual. 
You want me to keep letting you borrow. You want me to keep letting you call me or keep putting your emergency. I'm supposed to major all the time in the things that you don't um, participate well in. So my mother always said, I'm not, um, you're not going to make your major my minor. Like I'm not going to then make your emergency uh, something that I have to attend to. And so that's just my thing. I don't family as usual. You cannot continue to whisper. You're not going to be. As a matter of fact, I don't even friendship as usual. Listen, I know a lot of people. I have a very small number of friends. I know a lot of people. I have a very small intimate group of people that I call friends. Because I see that people are okay with thinking and operating the way they did five and ten years ago. And that makes me nauseous. I can't. Now, I did a personality assessment, and it turns out that this is just not talk. I literally am am wired to self-reflect and always look to ways to become better. I don't just want to cook you the same things that I've been cooking the last or your childhood. I want to try something different. I don't just want to parent as usual because that's the way my mother did it. That's the way my grandmother did it. It's It's just not cool to me. And so I thought, where in the Bible is it that I can illustrate this on a way that it makes sense? Because I know that this is just not something that I was born and all of a sudden, wow, humanity got somebody who's thinking this way. Like, I need to be able to see, because I know at the core of people, we want different. But I know that we reject when different or anything new is put upon us. And you know what? Holy Spirit shouts out to him because he be doing all the things for remembering. I remember John 5. Oh, my goodness. Would Jesus heal that lame man? Okay, real quick, let's get into it. You know that I read from the NLT version, right? And so let's just go ahead and start from verse 1. So it says, After Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays, two, inside the city near the Shep Gate, or Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Three, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on the porches. Five, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. But that's a long time. Six, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Seven, I can't, sir, the sick man, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Eight, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Nine, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Ten, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. That, the law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. 11. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. 12. Who says such a thing as that? They demanded. 13. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. 14. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. 15. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Here's my thing. Going back to the man. 
Okay, so there's five covered porches, and there's an assortment of sick people. It's blind, lame, paralyzed, and they're all laying on these porches. Okay, great. Uh, Jesus comes up to you and asks, would you like to get well? In verse 6, the man's immediate answer was, I can't, sir. For I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets their head. Sir, you didn't answer the question. You did not address the question. Someone comes up to you and says, would you like to get well? I'm not giving you the reasons or the excuses as to why I've been doing the same thing that I've been doing for the last 38 years, for almost four decades. I'm not giving you the reasons as to why I have not been as of yet. I'm going to answer the question. But again, maybe I'm built different. What is it about giving someone your stop story, the thing that supports your stagnation, that makes you feel comfortable or supported in the decisions you're making? Now, all of that the man said would have been, it would have made some sense if Jesus came up to him and said, now listen, why are you not healed yet? Then the answer of, I can't because nobody else, then that would have made sense. But here's my thing. It's five, five covered porches, right? It has to get clear at some point because if the water is bubbling up, which means somebody's about to get their miracle, then it means that these porches are getting a little bit, there's some room, right? Bro, I'm getting to the edge. And he and I wanted to kind of be light with him, like, well, he is blind. And he no, not when Stevie Wonder had made a whole career, bruh. No, not when Ray Charles was able to do almost the equivalent. No, sometimes you gotta rub in somebody's face. You are not the only one with that problem. You are not the only one that that experience that particular setback but you are the only person that is sitting in your stagnation so that means that you're okay with your situation sometimes it takes for somebody like a Jesus like a whoever else to come up to you and say would you like to see a difference would you like to get healed would you like to get well because at this point, we can't blame the past and what your mama did and what that one dude did and what that one female did. We can't blame them no more. They're not even here no more to blame. You're not even in the same situation to be able to hold on to that excuse. Bruh, what you did 30 years ago makes no sense to me why you did it the same exact way another eight years. It's been 38 years, my boy. What are you doing? But you ain't doing nothing but just sitting as usual. You ain't doing nothing but um, being stagnant as usual. And I'm sure you had a friend, a buddy, or a pal that's been with you the same amount of time and was like, we miss a miracle again. Yo, that's crazy. No, I would have made friends with at least one of them that got healed and was like, hey, real quick, listen, since we on this porch together, because um, it's five of them covered porches, listen, if you get healed, can you help me get closer to, like, can you do, I can't see. Maybe maybe your particular sickness was that um, you were paralyzed. Maybe your particular, your, if your sickness was different than mine, there's no way. If all of them wasn't, they couldn't see. It was an assortment. So why didn't you get some type of ally to say, hey, can you help me once you get yours? But I guess people don't think like that. People don't look at people as like, yo, we help each other. People don't look at people like, yo, you know what? I'm done living this way. 
People don't look at people like that no more. People will look back at you and see you've been there for 37, get theirs, and keep walking. Because maybe somebody else may have asked that question before to him. Do you want to get healed? And maybe the way that he answered Jesus was in frustration of answering this question before Jesus. I can't, sir. Whoa, buddy, uh, put the volume down a little bit. What happened? First of all, how, how you doing? And I know you can't see, but do you know who you're talking to? I'm so, do you know who you're talking to? But obviously not because the next couple of verses showed us that he didn't even know who Jesus was. And so understood, but you should have been able to discern why is he asking me that? Maybe this time is different. I don't really do something, do something different. I don't care who you are. You're asking me something that I want. And so the last thing that I'm going to do is operate as usual. That's insane to me. And then to go a step further, it wasn't just that limitedness, that per usual thing. It's not just limited to only certain lower class groups of people. It also was in the Jewish leaders. When Buddy was healed, verse 9, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, 10. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat, 11. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk, 12. Who says such a thing as that? They demanded. 13, the man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd. Bruh, y'all completely saw past the pink elephant, something so cray. No one addressed the fact that, yo, buddy was cured. And they had to have known because the Bible said they said to the man who was cured. And maybe they didn't, but even if they didn't know that offhand, he said it to you. The man who healed me told me, pick up your Who told you that? You completely missed the fact that this man was healed. You completely could not accept the change because it occurred outside of your narrow way of thinking. You completely missed the newness. You rejected it because it, it, it occurred outside of your business as usual. Do you see how dangerous that is? Do you see how limited and stagnant that mindset is? And so I just wanted to come on this phone today to challenge you to break exactly that. Let me explain something to you. If you remain teachable, you will always remain blessable. The person that has decided, I know all that I know, this is the way things should be, this is us, and we're not talking about morals and things of that nature. Just come out of your normal way of doing a thing that is not incurring the expectation and the change that you want and really start to expose yourself more to, you know what, there could be a better way. There could be a better way, there could be a different way, there could be a way that I haven't thought of, but remain and maintain that teachable posture. Because I don't think as a Jewish leader, and I've never been Jewish and I've never been a Jewish leader, you know, eat all the above, but I don't think I could have bypassed the like, isn't that buddy who used to be on one of them covered porches who now is walking around 
making his way downtown with a mat in his hand. I'm sorry, buddy, you're not supposed to. Hold on, come here. First of all, you know you're not supposed to be doing that with the mat, right? Because I'm a rule follower. I get it. But then also, comma, who healed you? Wasn't you the one that used to be by the pool? Right, like 38 years. Like, yeah, I, I, knew, your grand, I knew your granddaddy. Uh-huh. You look just like him. <laughs> but, like, by the way, what? You got healed today? Huh. How? Who? I would have been so intrigued by the change that my narrow-mindedness wouldn't wouldn't stood a chance. And I am a rule follower. Things are supposed to be this way, supposed to be go that way. Listen, talk to my husband. He will tell you, like, babe, I'm going to need you to loosen up. I understand. And I have to be reminded, you know, some things could be different. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I have to be massaged in that sometimes. But I don't think that my narrow-mindedness could have stayed stood a chance seeing something miraculous occur in front of my eyes but yet I seeing it remained blinded to it do you see what I'm saying my challenge to you is to stop doing anything fill in the blank as usual I don't want you to relate to people as usual. I don't want you to be friends with people as usual. I don't even want you to parent as usual. I don't want anything, any title, any assignment that God gave you and trusted you with for you to carry it out as usual. Because if if it's as usual, then that means that anyone could have done it. That means that anyone could have been trusted to do so, but God trusted you to do it. So it's something about your imprint, something about your unique approach and how you do a thing that God said, I need for you to do fill in the blank. Because it took for Jesus to say, buddy, do you want to be healed? Only Jesus could have went ahead and said, okay, so I know what you've been doing for 38 years. This is ridiculous. Nobody else is going to say something to you. Nobody else is going to be like, you've been on it. <laughs> Buddy, you've been on this porch for what? Nobody else is going to challenge that? And if not, cool, I am. And that's what I want you to do. Not only for other people, but more so, most importantly, for yourself. What are you doing that you're doing as usual that's not yielding a result that looks like change? That looks like newness. That looks like growth. That looks like it could yield to greatness and or a miracle. Do not expect God to do something great where you decided to remain stagnant in. Do not expect for God to dumb down his supernatural because you naturally decided to remain stagnant. I want you to shake the fill in the blank as usual. I want you to rebuke the desire, the need to want to do business as usual. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, look, I feel like you got what you needed, right? And you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everyone is going to have with you. I expose some of the things that I'm going through so that this exposure can bring excellence to your life, period. And that's my, that's my goodness to goodness truth, like honestly. You understand? But listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. I don't know if you heard it, but my stomach's growling, and so I'm going to need to go handle that, okay? We'll talk again. Yes? Yes. Okay. Later.